You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Talking About Podcast. I am Sean Kennedy. With me on the line is Liberty Baller's own Jackson Frank, and it's going to be a James Harden-centric episode. Jackson just wrote a great piece on LibertyBallers.com about Harden, so be sure to check that out. We're going to talk about that a little later in the pod. But Jackson, thanks for joining. How are you doing? Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you back on the pod. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna focus on Harden. He's been kind of the uh, maybe him and Maxi both have been the the primary talking points during the Sixers offseason, and Harden was a a, a hot t- talking point because of his opting out. Like, what's the the new contract going to be is, if if he does come back as everyone expects? And now we have all these offseason workout videos and. The, the team getting together, bonding, all, all the vibes being good. We're going we're gonna to discuss all that. But Jackson, I haven't spoken to you specifically about the contract since that was signed. So just to quickly recap for everyone out there, he signed a one-and-one. One. It's $30 million for this season and a $35.6 million player option for next season. He obviously turned down the $47.4 million player option that he could have opted into for this season. So, Jackson, uh, just your overall thoughts on what transpired. What Were, were you surprised at, at the one-and-one one structure? Um, what was your reaction to him opting out originally? Just... Give, give me your thoughts. I, I know you have some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was interesting, right? Because it felt like the reporting was, you know, kind of all, all not, not all over the place, but there were kind of some conflicting reports from pe- from a lot of different people that you you felt were pretty reputable, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like I think Jake Fisher for a while was on. He was going to opt out and then do a two plus one maybe or a three-year deal. Um, and that never never quite transpired. I'd imagine it's something that was entertained. Not, it's not me discrediting Jake's reporting, but... Um, you know, at some point when this continued to drag on, Adam Aronson, who uh, writes for the rights of Ricky Sanchez, um, kind of floated the idea of a one plus one and really started you know, predicting that would be his that would be what Harden would do. And so I don't know if I ever fully got on board with with Adam, but obviously kudos to him. And uh, he was the one that kind of introduced that idea to me. So I wasn't surprised necessarily when that was what, you know, was, uh, you know, revealed to be. I think I think Shams. Like the, the official the official terms of the deal didn't come out until like last week or two weeks ago, but Shams reported it maybe mid-July, if I recall. Maybe it was Woj. I can't remember who was first on it there. Um, but I think it's I think it's a probably a smart deal for Harden. Um it, you know, he you know, he had a down year last year, but still an all-star. Um, it does seem like some of his biggest naysayers kind of forget that part. Like he was still very good last year, despite um not being the MVP, you know, perennial MVP candidate that we'd become accustomed to. Um, but obviously, you know, he, he wasn't at the level that, you know, most of the premier max players are at, 
Um, but I think he certainly get back there. And so if he does, uh, you know, he'll, he would opt out again and he would, you know, get a pretty significant pay raise. I imagine it seems like he wants to be in Philadelphia, um, just based on everything he's saying and the things he was, you know, willing to do to help make this team a deeper rotate, give it a deeper rotation. So, um, I think it's a good deal for both sides, honestly. And I like it gives, it gave the Sixers some flexibility in the short term and it gives, you know, Harden some flexibility, um, to kind of maybe what's the problem, what's the problem, what like to like play his way back into a to long-term uh security next season wherever he wants or moving forward wherever he wants to be it seems like it's the Sixers but um if he returns to that top 10 top eight level that you know he was at for you know almost a decade then I would not be surprised at him that he has a, a lot of suitors you can kind of you know, see where he he would like to go but it does seem like Philadelphia is the place he uh is kind of angling to be for a while yeah it does the the mutual love fest between him and and Daryl seems to be real. It does seem to be getting along well with uh, a lot of his new teammates, which is great. Um, yeah, I think I think those should be the expectations for people. Um, so you you mentioned the the potential opt out. Do you view the player option for next year as just like a, an injury insurance policy, or do you think like like say say James has a very a similar year to last year where uh he still plays pretty well he's not he, he's maybe like a fringe all-star candidate but but not the dominant player of past years do you do you think he still would opt out then or what what do you think the bar is for opting out and seeking a new deal and yeah that's that's a good question right because it it, it would be tough for him at that point because if he has another year like last year where like clearly he is a, a still a very good player but one who is like notably removed from his mvp days like there's less optimism, right? Because like there's less optimism, less optimism moving forward because everything that we've heard this year and during the offseason was that like, he didn't have time to rehab last year and or he was, he was focused on rehab. He didn't have time to play. And that was why maybe he took a step back and he was always kind of managing the hamstring injury and he'll be back to where he was physically next season. But if he's plays the same way again, you don't have that, that caveat. Right. And so you'd be pretty concerned about who Harden is over the next three or four years, so would he would he decline it and maybe take you know a, like a three eighty five or a three ninety or would he have, would he opt in to try and maybe play his way back into to big long term money again? I think it's probably an insurance policy like an injury policy like you said, but um, because he because he has all the control in the situation. But it is a good question, right? Because like like I said, if he plays like he did last year, there's not going to be that that kind of oh well he didn't have a full offseason because we've we're going to talk about it. We've seen the videos. He looks good. He looks spry. He looks. It looks like he's been playing a lot, which is what he said he wasn't able to do last year. He said, I think he said he didn't get to play any five-on-five last offseason. One, because it was a shortened offseason, and two, because he was rehabbing from a pretty serious hamstring strain uh, or tear or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly the, the injury. but Yeah, it was a, great, um, a grade two hamstring strain is what yeah. the classified as. Um, so, yeah, so the just point being is that you wouldn't you wouldn't have, you know, that that in your back pocket to, to say, oh, I didn't get, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to frame it as he used to do use, but it's a, it's a, it is a reasonable explanation. It's a, ju- why yeah. it's a justification. Next year, yeah. Next year you wouldn't have that, right? It'd be like, well, he just is a he's just a top 25 player now. Then he because the hamstring strain is a very serious injury that um you kind of fully put him into a different tier of player. So um I, I view it as a as an insurance thing, but um I, I do think there's still some risk for him there. But you know, at the end of the day, he's going he's going to have 35 million dollars available to him if he wants that and there there are far worse places to be but again it is worth noting that um it is you know it if he does play like he did last year it puts him in a bit of a, a tricky spot for sure 
but not not a guy unaccustomed to turning down a lot of money in an option, as we just saw, turning down the $47 million. So certainly uh, willing to bet on himself, James Harden. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of laid it out. So that's a good segue into our next uh, part of our conversation. The, the vibes have been great. Um, it's as a, as a Philadelphia 76ers fan going from Ben C- Ben Simmons offseason videos and and trying to buy into any mid-range shot we see and I saw actually saw one floating around uh, earlier this week and the Brooklyn fans trying to get on board with like guys going at 30% and Ben shooting an elbow jumper. And I, I know we, we were all talking about in the Slack, like all those poor souls, like <laughs> very, very glad we can move on from that period of our lives. Um, but yeah, the Harden, the Harden videos are popping and he definitely looks good. He looks a lot slimmer. Um, a big, he's been pretty outspoken in a couple different pieces. Uh, one was with, uh, I don't know how to, uh, Adrian Ferrodi of, of how time, um, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, so I apologize there, but um, Harden talked about like, hey, I'm entering my age 33 season. You have to alter your approach to things as, as you age, and he tweaked his diet and taking that more seriously, so he, he definitely seems to be in a more mature place about taking care of his body and everything. He, he started his off-season workout earlier than usual. Um, there's all the, the videos about uh, Sam, Sam Cassell running his training regimen. We saw the TikTok with him and Maxi going at it. Um, there was the NBC Sports piece by Noah Levick about how Maxi and Harden have been really feeding off each other. They're playing one-on-one uh, uh, quite a bit. And like Maxi's, you know, the, the whole 1% better every day thing for Maxi really seemed to have invigorated Harden to, to some degree. Um, so yeah, everything seems good, Jackson. I mean, how, how much are you uh, buying the hype train on on the James Harden revival? I guess is the main question. Um, you know, I, I talked last year a lot about being optimistic that he would be a better player next year, um, just because of the things that I mentioned earlier, right? Like, it's I think it's it's hard to overstate like how hindering it can be to have to rehab all summer and a shortened off season and not get to play and not get to adapt you know, when you have the freedom of experimentation, right? Like, like it's one thing to be able to adapt in season and players who do that, like are, are really incredible. I think that's what, I mean, I Harden has done that and a lot of other stars and superstars have done it. That's what makes them so great, but it's easier to do it in the off season. So I talked about being optimistic that he could be a better player next year. I, I, I tend to take the same approach, basically any player that I don't buy much into off season videos um you know whether it's ben or it's james harden or it's tyrese maxi whoever it is they're fun to watch i'm not and i get why fans want to be encouraged by them i'm not telling anyone else how to interpret them but um it's for me it's like a i'll see it when i see it with harden and i think like like i'm optimistic but i'm not i'm not more optimistic now because i've seen you know some videos of him playing in la and whatnot um but you know i i think i tweeted it last week or a couple weeks ago that the things I'm looking for with Harden once he does you know, return to an NBA court, an NBA game, even if it's preseason, um, whatever it is, I, I want to see kind of that that fluidity of movement as a driver and then that that pop on those step backs. Because if you go back and watch Harden, just watch some highlights from his his pre-injury Brooklyn Nets tenure and then you know, even maybe his 2019-20 season with, with the Rockets, just kind of the fluidity with which he moved and the pop he had on those step back threes was it like a, a totally different pace than it was last year um, after, you know, after he did suffer the injury back in, in June and I think it, or maybe in February as well of 2021. So 
Um, those are the big things I'm looking for. And if I think someone asks, like, how would I know, how would I be able to contrast those? And like I said, just go watch highlight videos of pre-injury. And I'm not saying he'll get all the way back there, but you can definitely see the difference. So um, to safely answer your question, I I am I am encouraged by Harden's pro- prospects next year, but the videos themselves are not the reason for it. It's just kind of everything I laid out previously. But the vibes do seem good, but also vibes can be fickle. We kind of saw it last year with the Sixers. The vibes were pretty good most of the year after the Harden trade. Um, and even honestly, pre-Harden trade, I think, you know, Joe and, and that whole team did a really good job of not letting the Ben stuff affect them. But um, vibes, I think, are fickle. We saw how they kind of came crashing down in the final two games that that Miami series, unfortunately. Um, but but the, it's it's not bad for the players to be hanging out and enjoying them, enjoying each other's company. So um, I feel like maybe I'm being too much of a of a, na- of a naysayer. In there. <laughs> so uh, you're saying Joel Embiid but... being at Harden's wine release party is not. <laughs> a championship pretend <laughs> pretending a championship <laughs> or uh, I, I, yeah exactly but it is a good it, it's, not, it's not a bad thing i will say so it's it's certain you know um it, it does seem i mean those are the two most important players in the sixers and i like i i do think it's it's a good thing right like they they had they had so little time to play together last year i mean they had i think 33 no like 30 games because joe didn't play a couple in the the playoffs because harden played 33 of the sixers so 31 games um in season trying to make a playoff run and they look pretty good and so i'm excited for what they do next year and it certainly seems like they enjoy each other and it's always easier to build chemistry on the court when you enjoy each other's company and just as just as, i mean in any job right like it's easier to work together in a job if you enjoy spending time with the person so uh it's it's definitely a good harbinger for, for that partnership but i don't want to overstate it because you know at the end of the day it's just about what you do on the court but um, I think it's certainly a, a, a good good thing, even if it's somewhat trivial in my eyes, but I don't want to over understate it too much. Yeah, it's not the be all end all, but you do gain some value from learning each other's tendencies by by working out together. And the fact that James has spent time with Joel and a lot of time with Maxie and, and PJ Tucker, and even he went, he went to Vegas for a few days and like guys like Paul Reed and Jaden Springer were involved in workouts with him. It's like that, that all... It, it matters to some degree, like it, it, it can only help. So th- the fact that these things are taking place is, is great. And, you know, the fact that him, him and Joel seem to really been getting along, you know, whether it's the Hamptons party or a couple other things we've seen pop up like that, that's good. You, that, that you, you want to go in, in the foxhole with these guys in these high pressure situations. If you really do get along, it, it just gives you a little bit, a little bit of a boost as in terms of team chemistry. Um, I'm not saying Doc is going to re- revive the Ubuntu Celtics motto just because these guys are hanging out a little bit, but it, it it certainly doesn't hurt. So, yeah, I think regarding the videos, you said that we shouldn't be too put too much stock in them. I think the main takeaway is just that he's able, Harden himself is able to participate in all these things. And as you said earlier, it, it was a shortened off season. This is actually the the first time we've had a regular kind of starting point for the season and, and non-shortened off season in a couple of years, ever since pre-COVID time. So that's important. And the fact that he's been, you know, able to go at, at, at full, full go pretty much. And doc uh, had the interview on the Vince Carter show earlier this week and, and talked about how the training staff said that James looks great. He himself saw, saw him uh, a week or so ago and said he, he looked great. So just everything looks good. Like it seems like the hamstring, is kind of fully behind him. And I think that's, that's the main takeaway is that 
it, a fully healthy James Harden will get a chance to see what that looks like on this team. Whereas that clearly wasn't the case last year. Um, you talked about how his lift was affected and his jumpers and his, the step backs and everything. Um, so hopefully that can be corrected and he can be more of the, the Harden of old, as, as you mentioned, and um, make a co- couple other tweaks to his game that uh, you are going to talk about in our next section when we, we dive into your article. But yeah, I think encouraging is the right word. It's not, it's not anything that we, we should say, Oh, he's, he's definitely going to be this premier player because of these off season videos. But the fact that he's playing in the off season videos, if he wasn't, I think that would preclude any optimism of that sort. So just, just yeah, good to see him there and available. <laughs> And I would just play, like, I think the point about the full offseason is really important too, because, you know, Harden is a guy who for so many years had a ridiculous workload and barely missed games. And you, you think back to 2019, 20, when, you know, he, he, that was the, that was the bubble season. Right. And so he played into the second round and he had a big workload that year still. Um, and then he had the shortened off season. Um, and then, you know, last year he, you know, he finally missed extended time for, you know, like I think the first time in, a long, like a long time in his career. Uh, and then he tried to come back and had that big injury. And then last year, you know, he took, he took more games off, right. You know, he missed 17 games. I think that was his most for like maintenance in, uh, I mean, in, in a long time, maybe in his career um, you know, just, just, and so then he gets a philosophy. And so I think it's, that's really important. It's a good thing to know. Right. Because like, like he just, I mean, he's, he has well, like two or three of the highest usage seasons in NBA history and never missed yeah. games for the most part. Like, that, that's got to wear on you. And so maybe it's one of those things where it just it ultimately wear, wore on him too much. And this is who he's going to be moving forward. A very good player, but not, you know, not the, the MVP superstar. Or maybe it's like he just needed a an offseason to decompress a little bit and get back on normal schedule and whatnot. But yeah, with the runs, I think the most encouraging thing is, as you said, he's playing because he talked about not being able to do that last year. And clearly that's something that's important to him as it is, I'm sure, with any NBA player, really. And then, two, the fact that, like, you're seeing him kind of seek out some mid-range jumpers, right? Like, we've talked, I think everyone in Sixers land has talked about maybe trying to embrace the mid-range pull-up a little more, and you're seeing, you've are seeing you seen a little bit of that. Again, you don't want to read too much into it. Um, it's ironic now that we spent all these years analyzing a left-handed point guard shooting mid-range <laughs> jumpers in the offseason, and, and here we are still doing it. But um, the thing is, you you have more confidence, right? And and James Harden being a good mid range shooter than you do Ben, um, and so just the fact that he's seeking that a little more because he was just did it so scarcely, um, over the past six seven years, and especially you know left the Sixers last year. I think like I think it was in my piece like on cleaning the glass. They had him with like fourteen long mid range jumpers with the Sixers, um, between the playoffs and regular season uh, across thirty three games, and so long mid range just for anyone who's curious and cleaning the glass is anything inside the three point line, but like kind of outside free throw range so um just the fact he's taking some of those shots you know is you know and we don't know how often he's doing it but the fact that we've even seen in these brief videos as as the word you said is, is encouraging john yeah um well at least we can be 100 percent certain that james should be shooting with his left hand and that was never <laughs> the case for ben so <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's a reasonable point as well slightly different in that perspective but yeah your your point about uh his his usage and the the kind of Try to put on the tires just to put it in perspective. His first seven years in Houston, he played at least 72 games in each of those seasons. And then you add playoffs on top of that. There was a three year stretch where he played 81, 82, and 81 regular season games. And as you said, like his usage was sky high, like historically 
high usage numbers um, while playing in basically every game and and playoffs. And even <laughs> even the year that he didn't play LA 72, that was the shortened year in 2019-20. He played 68 of 72 regular season games, and then he yeah. played uh, 12 more more playoff games. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, he the, the guy was just, I mean, the the thing that I, you know, to go on a little bit of a tangent, people would play like Harden wasn't well-conditioned and, and all these things like during his prime like that was always an issue i never thought that was like the dude was a freaking iron man his issue was that like he didn't quite have a very enough approach in his 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 offense in the playoffs and that was kind of what buried him a lot and obviously some of the no-shows but it was never that he was like not well conditioned i mean that the, the guy is about as high usage and, and well conditioned as you can be in in nba history among high high usage initiators so um, I think there are reasons to criticize Harden's playoff foibles, but it was never because he like didn't have enough in the tank. He he might have had too much in the tank at times. Yeah, he's just not the prototypical like body type for what we think of for like NBA wings or whatever. He's just a little bit stockier, a little bit more of a like a sturdy build, like low to the ground kind of, which is why he's so good at post defense for for <laughs> a guard. He's like one of the better post defenders. Um, so yeah, he's just not the the lean t- like tall six foot seven muscular guy that you know we kind of think of when we think of like well-conditioned athletes i guess for for nba players um but yeah he's he's certainly proved proven over the years that he can you know be there each and every night and perform in a high level with an incredibly high usage and uh yeah you're not doing that if you're not in great conditioning um so uh, we we saw that when he first came to philadelphia and he's like running the stadium steps after the games and everything. So I imagine that's the kind of stuff he was doing back in his Houston days, but he just wasn't able to do it nearly as much because of the the injury last year and, and the hamstring. So that is uh, something that hopefully is in the past and he can go back to being, you know, available more consistently and more importantly, able to play at whatever, whatever the maximum level is for him approaching year 33 or age 33 season. So he's not going to be the player he was year 33. Even LeBron. <laughs> is in that one. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only guy that might take a crack at that might be LeBron. If he wants to play, be there for his entire kid's career, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to dive into Jackson's recent article on Harden for Liberty Ballers. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, and we're back. So 
Jackson, you wrote for Liberty Ballers. How can James Harden return to form inside the arc? Um, so let's let's start with where you started in your piece last year. First time in close to a decade that he shot below fifty percent inside the arc. Um, is this something that we should just chalk up as injury related? And now that the hamstring injury is behind him, we can expect his results his results inside the arc to revert more to career averages um what, what was your overall takeaway in, in your research and running the piece yeah and that's that's kind of what i was trying to determine right i think i conclude near the end that like if he is back to the where the level he was athletically prior to this injury then a lot of my suggestions and analysis is kind of not not all for not necessarily but like doesn't carry a ton of relevancy um, because he can just play, play with the approach that he had previously and, and go back to who he was. Um, but I, but I do, I don't want to just chalk. I don't like, like it's, it's very possible that he's passed the hamstring injury, but it's also very possible the hamstring injury just changed who he was athletically and he has to adapt. Um, and so my, my goal was to, was to not just be like, just sit back on, sit on my hands and be like, yeah, Harden's passed the injury. He's going to go back to being a four, 53, 54% shooter inside the arc. Um, let's just let that happen. My goal was to be like, okay, maybe he's past the injury, but what if it's still, you know, fundamentally changed who he is athletically and how he can operate as a scorer? What, what do we do? What, how do we go from there? So, um, I, I think, I guess I'm kind of, oh, I almost kind of playing both sides a little bit more, more so what I'm trying to do is just like offer solutions to, if we, like to, yes, he could be past the injury, but what if the injury still kind of altered who he can be? So that was kind of what I was trying to you know, answer in, in my article, if that makes sense. And I think, I guess your conclusion for who he could be is a guy that takes more mid-range shots, which seems counterintuitive for someone that was so synonymous with Maury Ball while in Houston, basically threes, layups, and, and nothing else. Um, so you would have to go pretty far down the line for players you would think would thrive in the mid-range before you would arrive at James Harden. But that that I think that was kind of the conclusion that you drew is that, you know, not that he should be taking a ton of mid-range shots, but he should be taking more than he has been recently and just add that as an additional tool in his uh, his arsenal at, that's at his disposal next year. Um, so what 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 do you think specifically he should be doing in terms of in terms of mid-range games? I know you mentioned the floater a little later in your piece. What what are parts of Harden's game that you saw that he used in the past that you think he should get back to or, or just use more often? Yeah, I think, I think it's just, to me, I, I like, I'm, I'm not a biomechanics expert. I, I like to think I know a little bit about how, you know, muscles and tissue work. And so my thing was that like, you, you know, like you, we saw, we're talking about the inside the arc decrease, right. But we saw him also shoot his worst mark ever from three uh, in his career, in his NBA career last year. And I think some of that was because like, the, the, the step back is his go-to, right? I mean, he, I wouldn't say he popularized it, but he kind of, you know, made it his own, right? That uh, an iconic shot for him. And that requires so much like lower body force and stability. Like the, the one, the capacity to generate space on the step back and then immediately pop up and generate forward momentum. That's a lot on the, your core strength, your hamstrings, your calves, like, and, and like, I just, I just think Harden not having that fully healthy hamstring last year, like you saw the pop be less, you saw the space creation be less abundant. Um. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.